Welcome back to another episode of Suds and Cinema. My name is Kyle. My name is Jacob. My name is Joshua. This is episode number 54, right? I would hope so. <laughs> yes. It is in the show now. Are you sure? No, I think it's 53. I don't know. You're in charge of the intro. I just Kyle. did the graphic and I can't remember. Yeah, it's definitely I think it's 54. 53. <laughs> this is episode number 53. <laughs> this is episode number 53. It is 53. That's what I thought. As soon as I said it, I was like, I don't think it's 54. It's 53. Welcome back to another episode <laughs> of Suds and Cinema. <laughs> All right, this is episode number 53. Tonight we are reviewing The Little Things, the new John Lee Hancock film premiered on HBO Max this Friday. Uh, and then some other stuff that we watched might be a little bit of a shorter episode, but uh, that's okay. We're going to make up for it in two weeks, I believe. So next week, I think we're taking off. Uh, I will be out of town as well as it being Super Bowl Sunday. Doesn't really make sense to record. Plus the fact that I don't think there's going to be that much stuff out. So I think we should just skip it. Have two features. Uh, we did like last two year. Two reviews maybe. We didn't do a Super Bowl last yeah. year either. Yeah, I was gone last year also. So I, yeah, we definitely wow. did. We're already back to getting back. to back to back <laughs> things <here>. now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll be out of town. And uh, we'll, we might just do two reviews for uh, 54 the next week. So we'll make up for it at that point. Plus we'll, have our, plus we'll be recording our premium the following week also. Yep. So lots of content in the future to make up for it. So what's new with you guys? Anything? I just got back from Indianapolis and that was really fun. And it was awesome to be able to eat at a restaurant. Well, we can do that starting tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> right. And I was thinking about that. I was like, man, if it was just one week, you could have done it in Michigan. But it's fun to go. Yeah, well, we also didn't. We, when we booked this, you didn't. we didn't know that it oh, was, yeah, wasn't no, announced sure. yet. So For sure. But um, yeah, so I might be a little quiet this episode just because I'm exhausted. I mean, that's like a three and a half, four hour car ride. And then we got back and had to go to Ypsilanti, which is like another 50 minutes back there and back. So like I've been in a car for like six hours today. Yeah. So I might be on the quieter side, I but the show must go on. That's right. The show must go on. Anything for you, Jacob? Hmm. Not really. No? No. All right. <laughs> well, let's get it right into things. We already covered the in-house stuff, covered what's new. Let's get into our beer. Uh, so this was my choice. And uh, I saw this beer a couple weeks ago when I was in Horrocks, and I just thought it sounded, the flavor profile sounded so interesting, I wanted to try it, thought I'd get it for the show, and that is Snow Pilot from Stevens Point Brewery. They are out of uh, somewhere in Wisconsin. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Wisconsin. Stevens Point, Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs) So, Stevens Point Brewery, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, Snow Pilot is the name, and it is a pistachio nut brown ale. So it's a brown um, with, I guess, pistachio, pistachio nuts. <laughs> I don't know if it's brewed with that or flavored. I always but. thought you just said pistachio. I never heard pistachio nut before. Right, you assume it's a nut? <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, it is, but... It's 2021. It's not I don't say almond nut or... I guess you do say Brazil nut, but... Yeah. A peanut a is not yep. peanut is you don't say peanut it's not actually a nut though yeah it's a legume, a legume. like peas that's right <laughs> all right let me uh read the description here uh 
point snow pilot. That's weird. So in the description it says point snow pilot instead of just snow pilot. It says point, but when that that's just a brewery. Someone yeah, inputted right. it wrong. <clears throat> like it says Stevens Point right. Point Brewery. Hmm. That is odd. Anyway, you'll see that in the picture on Untapped. Um okay, Point Snow Pilot is handcrafted using a blend of Victory Malt, Caramel Malt, Palisade Hops, and Savory Crushed Pistachio Nuts. The flavor of this delectable brew will help you navigate through the chilly months of the season. Treat yourself, be your own snow pilot. So obviously the name kind of coincides with uh, the season currently. We just actually got hit with a bunch of snow, or a decent amount of snow. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, 6% ABV, 16 IBUs, and it's a brown. I know we just had, we just kind of had a really good brown a few months ago, a couple months ago. Will this be as good? We'll I out. doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was looking this up also, you I mean, Josh knows a ton of breweries and a ton of beers and said he's never heard of this brewery. And then I did, did some digging and this is actually the highest rated beer by uh, a that of their mainstays that they make. Yeah, by a landslide. So And like, is it a good rating? 376. It's a 376. That's it's not solid. bad. Um, but the rest of their beers are of like lower threes. So on untapped at least. So we will see. I don't know what to expect, but I just thought because of the flavor profile, I had to try it. I mean, it's something definitely. I new. can't think of many Wisconsin beers other than domestics I've actually had, like mm-hmm. from breweries. Other than I've They've had got a lot though. Wisconsin, yeah. Spotted Cow is like the biggest one that's from Glarus Brewing, but other than that, I can't think of Wisconsin beers. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure like. I'm sure to them though, you know, that because they have so many there's Right. Right, right, right. You got the bottle opener, Kyle. Alright, I'm gonna start. <laughs> I was waiting on you to finish. I guess it's probably nothing compared to like Minnesota breweries. Yeah, Wisconsin you just got breweries. Wisconsin, you just have like Milwaukee, which is obviously like Budweiser and all that. Or not yeah. Budweiser, but Latrobe. Let's see what pops up on the old Googles here. Let's. I'll drink this first. We can talk about it. Good. It has a twist cap, by the way. Oh, it's twi- oh, oh it? what? Hey, look. <laughs> okay, oh, this just weird. lost a point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> this ain't a craft beer at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what the what? hell are we drinking? <laughs> It doesn't drink like a craft beer. It's not bad, though. It's not bad at all. But I actually it enjoy has, it, kind of. It's very light. Yeah. It is super very light. light. <laughs> like, it's very thin. I don't taste pistachio at all. I can barely taste pistachio. <laughs> yeah, I get a little nutty sweetness. But yeah, it is very like... But pistachio? I mean, what does pistachio actually taste like? Because like, like pistachio, pistachio ice cream doesn't taste like pistachios. Sure it does. I actually don't think I've ever had pistachio ice cream. It's funny because you got so <laughs> so, I can't. so the same day so maybe we it's got, like banana, you know, like the same day we like that you brought this beer in, Kyle, uh, last week. Yeah, we also had there was something pistachio, and then I got ice cream that had pistachio ice cream in it, and then you then you brought this over right after I got the pistachio ice cream. It was kind of weird. It's the uh, collective consciousness of the universe working. So. Yeah, I would say this is not like 
It doesn't have like a lot of flavor. No. There's a very subtle pistachio. It's very thin. But some browns are like thin like that, you know, where like just because yeah, it's dark, right. you kind of expect like a like a a thicker drink or, you know, you go into it expecting something like, or someone else would think like a stout or a porter, but it, it, it just tastes lighter, which can be good. Agreed. Don't think it's bad, but would I recommend it? Yeah. I wouldn't go out of your way. Yeah, I wouldn't try to find it. It's a good introductory brown if someone didn't want a dark beer, mm-hmm. but like wanted to get into the style. Well, like if you're not going to say, or if you're going to say you want to get into, I don't know, what oh. would you compare it to? Like what else would you compare it to besides... Like, what's the next closest what's thing that? to Buff, this? You Buffalo, know what I'm saying? Brown. Like, in craft? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Buffalo Brown. Buffalo Brown. Uh, Cigar City's Maduro, kind of. Because Florida beer, they make a little bit lighter. Because <laughs> it's always hot. Because it's warm. Right. Hmm. It's fine. Yep. <laughs> fine. Not moving the needle at all. Check this in here. That's not good. So you're one of those, eh? What? <laughs> the flash. flash. Dude, you can't see anything. Kyle's one of those. I guess I can use Phones have like night mode now or <laughs> whatever it's called. And Kyle likes mm. to put it on flash so that he gets just a blown out picture. It. it has to detect it. So pistachio flavoring is mostly almond extract. So it, it doesn't taste like. But this See? uses. That's what I was going to say. It's almost like toasty, like a marshmallow. No, I'm just saying. Oh. This I is saying, crushed pistachio yeah. nuts, though. What ice I'm saying cream. is the ice cream you mean pistachios. Because oh, who ice calls cream. them pistachio nuts? We said the ice cream. <laughs> Why don't you just say crushed pistachios? He's reading the description. Leave a comment and on our Instagram page if you call it pistachio or nut or pistachio. Make a poll. We're gonna make a poll. <laughs> gonna make, make a poll right now. It's definitely pistachios. Or is that like a brand? No. No. What is that brand though? I can't think of it. I thought it was just pistachio. No, it's like wonderful or something. The green bag or whatever. Yeah, wonderful. They have the deshelled ones already for you. Oh. Okay. I like working at my nuts. <laughs> you like working at nuts? I like nuts. working hard on nuts. Makes it, them more enjoyable. I like to suck on the nuts. Yeah. You know? Get that saltiness <laughs> out of them. Then <laughs> that little explosion of flavor afterwards just makes yeah. it more worth it. Mm. <laughs> I'm not a nut guy. Makes me satisfied. I'm putting that out there. I never like gravitate towards nuts. You're not almond. Well, almonds are actually pits, aren't they? They're a droop. Peanuts, I think, peanut right? flavored things, peanut butter flavored things. Yeah, but peanuts but aren't nuts. Like I don't just eat. <laughs> yes. Like walnuts. I don't, not a big fan of walnuts. No. Chestnuts. I don't like a lot of nuts either. Actually. Really? Nope. Guess ju- just me. <laughs> of like mixed nuts, if there's like a mixed nut thing, you're like, like, I only two, eat cashews. <laughs> no, I hate cashews. Yeah, there's cashews like two nuts too. that I'll pick out. I'll what pick out like peanuts and almonds. That's what happened it. to you guys? Well, you're gonna end up with like a here's, allergy to this it. This ties into movies. Actually, I was I was in my parents' bedroom. I remember this till the day I die. I was a kid. 
I had a whole container of cashews. I was watching Bicentennial Man with Robin Williams, yep. and I ate the whole container, and I got sick. So I'll never <laughs> eat, I can't eat cashews after that. <laughs> See, I think there's something wrong with me. I had a lot of things that used popcorn used to do that. Movie popcorn. He's Every single that. time I ate movie popcorn. Remember Jordan, too? Jordan, yeah. Yeah, I would throw up. Did, did it stop me from eating movie popcorn to this day? No. I wouldn't puke from it, but sometimes if I ate too much of it and it was too much butter on it, like somebody else made it, like they oh, put yeah. a lot it's of kind of a bad like, example though, because oh, I'm not a big it. fan. Movie theater popcorn is like my least favorite popcorn though. You're out of your mind. I love it, but yeah, I microwave popcorn is the best popcorn. No, yeah, shot. It it just is perfect. Well, that uh, wraps up our episode of Suds and Cinema. <laughs> uh, you mean Suds? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, now uh, two friends talking about <laughs> movie and beers. All right. You guys ready to get into the little things? Yeah. <laughs> sure. You don't have a choice, so <laughs> buck up. All right. The Little Things is written and directed by John Lee Hancock. It stars Denzel Washington Rami Malek, Jared Leto. That's about it. Yeah, that's <laughs> basically all, all that matters. <laughs> Harry Janarone. Uh, okay, so plot synopsis reads, <laughs> two cops track down a serial killer. Boom. Great plot synopsis, IMDb. Pretty much just sums <laughs> I mean, it up. It's about the movie. Pretty much Okay, and what else have we been watching? <laughs> all right, uh, let's take a listen to a clip. Can I help you? Saw the for sale sign. That was for another car. Got a lot of miles on it. You a, you a salesman? No. How's the trunk space? Standard. Mind if I take a look? I'm in the market. It's not for sale. All I need to do is take a look. You must really like my car. I do. <laughs> All right, what'd you guys think of the little things? I did not enjoy this movie. I want to say like this is like a worse. Like I would rather watch like uh, Law and Order. I feel like that has more of an interesting storyline. <laughs> I felt like you know with most like crime thrillers the you want that interesting like storyline right that is like ooh like keeps you wondering like uh the insomnia or whatever right mm -hmm. like that was interesting i really want to see where it was going and i felt like literally i mean there it was like a serial murderer i guess and it's just like okay that's like the most basic thing and i right. felt no like <laughs> satisfaction like in the end especially the whole like third act, you kind of you knew who it was, right? Even like in the middle, almost basically, they were pointing out who it was, and it's it just kind of. I mean, it's they? just that's what that's the question, though. The question, yeah. The end. I'm just like, what was the point then? I don't <laughs> know. Just the whole end. Like it started off okay, and I thought I was like going moving at a pretty good clip. It wasn't super. I wasn't super invested in it, but I was, you know, I'm enjoying it. And then the middle just woof, meandered on just going and just was so dull. And then it was almost like they wanted to create this relationship 
that I did not feel yeah, like the biggest grew things, at all. Like, and I didn't even get why, like everyone basically, I don't know if this is spoiler, I guess not really, but everyone like hated him. And I'm like, then when they said the reason why people like were acting the way they were about him, I'm like, what? <laughs> so everyone's being like dicks to him because he had a mental breakdown or something. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> like, this is so stupid. Just the way they're acting. Like it was such a big thing. Like, <laughs> see, this was written 20 years ago. So, mm. uh, the treatment mm. of mental health. It felt, then. yeah. Like, I'm just like, okay. So yeah, they're like, oh, this guy's going crazy. Let's, he worked. Let's shun him and send <laughs> he him. He worked into really the hard, so hard that it really ruined his life. We yeah. should treat him like a horrible person. You shouldn't hang out with him. It was actually almost thirty years ago. No, nineteen ninety three. Why does it say thirty? Yeah, we're turning thirty. It's like almost thirty years ago. Twenty seven. I'm old as I'm old as fuck. <laughs> Dang. Uh, well, I was like, wait. <laughs> yeah, you're Let's right. see. 2003. <laughs> no, that's only like 10 years ago, 93. <laughs> I'm only 10. Born in 92. Because it was 2003, 13, and now we're in 21. Thank you. I got it. Kay. Jesus. Yeah. So. And it, yeah. yeah. It almost was 30 years ago. This was written in 1993. That yeah. makes sure a that lot more a lot. sense. <laughs> yeah. Why it's so like bare bones and every, it just felt so like juvenile. I don't know how to say it. Amateurish. Just. It wasn't like this complex, riveting story that was interesting. It was a story I've seen like a million times. And even though it had all this talent involved, I just like was so I didn't care at all about the conclusion. I was just waiting for this movie to yeah. end. And it, when it finally ended, they're like, OK, let's make this super confusing right at the end. Cool. Like, what was the buildup? What was the point of even doing that? I don't know. It was like they pushed that in right in the end just to look, leave that like, hmm. Yeah. But then it doesn't make sense why that the guy was acting the way he was the entire movie. Like, Yeah, I, I have a lot of problems with this movie. Yeah. It was acted well. I mean, for what it, it you like, have three, can't get you have three award winning. Yeah. Good, Oscar winners. Yeah. Like three really good actors. And I didn't think it was film. Uh, some of the filming was interesting. Overall, it was definitely really like competently done. Oh yeah, it nothing really blew me away, but like technically, it was sound. Yeah, it, it was, was like uh, there. It was, it was well no, done. There was no acting, like uh, even the extras were good. Like there was no like any actor that was like glaring. Yeah, bad. where it was like weak or bad. It's just it was just maybe just in the fact that you've seen Rami Malek do so many other better things that. Oh like, yeah. This seemed so bland. It didn't, yeah, it like his, outside it, of it, his. He wasn't bad, but it just was like he had nothing to yeah, do to yeah, like he shine. Wasn't given a lot, yeah. And it was like, like well, his character sucked. <laughs> you can't kinda. like yeah, like you can't elevate yeah. it much more. I mean, I think we all are basically saying the same thing that the weakest part of this film was the writing. Yeah. Oh, by far, definitely. It like just not was, even not just the story, but even like the dialogue. Yeah, the the screenplay, everything about yeah. the writing was pretty bad. Yeah. Yep. And I will even say, while most of the like cinematography or edit, not cinematography, but editing was fine, the car scene sometimes. Those were fake. Cutting between all the camera angles. No, like, I'm pretty there sure. There was one scene where it cut 
like to like five different camera angles in the car and like 10 seconds I mean, like a five second period is like I'm like well that is the editing you said the editing was fine but I was gonna say the I editing- meant the camera work was fine <laughs> yeah. but the editing had some problems right yeah yeah well, I was gonna say the same thing like editing stands out like when it's really bad or really good it's hard for like it's hard to see like mediocre editing so this stood out as being bad especially because a lot of scenes just like how they played out they were they were so much more confusing in how they played out because of the editing right like it was hard to follow some scenes and like i thought the whole movie was hard to follow yeah, that and was, it's not confusing. No, it's not a confusing movie. That's one of no, my that's biggest what I'm saying. Like the end, they wanted to make it like am, like this ambiguous thing, like confusing, but it never was that throughout the whole movie. Yeah, well, we can. So get it to the felt ending, like, like yeah, just the ambiguity and the like supposedly what they're going for. Because yeah, I felt I know what they're, what they're going, going for. But yeah, it doesn't no it the didn't, movie doesn't succeed there. I didn't no. even see what because, they were like, going for. In order to do that well, it would have to lead you to that, yes. like where you're questioning it the whole time, not literally you're only questioning it because they forced it into your face in the last like 30 minutes of the movie. The like, whole yeah. movie was forced in your face. The The relationship between yeah. Rami Malek and nothing Denzel was natural. forced. Like, nothing felt natural. Yeah. Like they became buddy buddies because they went to breakfast with each other once. Once. Yeah. And like now they're best friends. Yeah. And now yeah. he's like going I mean, he against everything like, he stood for because. Yeah. He looked up to him for whatever reason. Like, I mean, he was a good detective before and so he looked up but to then him. you know but he didn't even he know had him. just a mental breakdown once and then now he's a terrible <laughs> detective so 15 years ago or whatever yeah. it was too. and now he can never be good again because you know you can't ever come back from that <laughs> yeah i just didn't like there was so many parts in this movie that I, they were trying to inject like some sort of different angle or like a to like complex like add some complexity to it and it fell short on all of them. Like all of the subplots in this movie were just didn't mean anything to you. Didn't do anything for me. Um, so I like, it was just a very bare bones movie. And I feel like if you write a movie 30 years ago, you, you should at least look in the script and maybe change it a little bit. Cause obviously I know, it feels like like a first draft when it's yeah. like, you've had 30 years to work on this. I mean, he's done a lot of things in those 30 years but it's like he's gonna be comp like he's gonna be a better writer if, thirty years later. Yeah, no, you like would go hope. through it again or <laughs> right. change something. Like it just felt like a young writer. Yeah, I wish like I like the setting because like it feels like one of those movies of the time. Like this story would only make sense in that setting, right? Like cell phones yeah. and stuff like that would have thrown the movie off. It would have um, made a lot more plot holes. Yeah, but, yeah, you know. <laughs> Like, you know, they use payphones a lot in this movie. Like, that's, like, a big thing. And, I like, I like the setting, too. Um, I wish they kind of had more of a... I don't know how they would have established it, but, like, kind of more of a 90s aesthetic. I mean, yeah, I it was kind of hard to tell it was, like, the 90s. It was, except like, the, 90. Yeah, except <laughs> for, like, the technology. Yeah, like, the cars and technology. Yeah. That was it. Right? Like, oh, at, yeah, I remember But, yeah, because, uh, I mean, yeah. Rami Malek's, like, suit was, like, extremely modern. Like, it didn't even look... Yeah, 90s. a lot of like the costume, especially yeah, costuming, like, especially you could if you didn't well. know that if yeah. it didn't say 1990 at the beginning of this movie, they it would not been, feel. Yeah, they yeah. wouldn't. Other than like looking that. at the cars, it could have yeah. it could have been a <laughs> modern movie. No, it's true. Um, but yeah, that was a big thing. Like the you know quote unquote neo noir style of it. 
Um, they did they did have that like that color palette to it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it was like mm, neon, but like dark and dank at the same time. Yeah. Certain aspects of it, and that was okay. But I just don't feel like the film went for that in terms of the tone. So no, like they had a style, was, but the tone yeah. didn't match the style at all. So and that the, was another thing that was off. Yeah, you. This is like I feel like this movie in David Fincher's hands is a completely different movie, and you could literally have like the same bare bones script. Well, it is. Even if you don't know it, it is like had has been compared to Seven, kind of like. Oh, I, just I didn't. that. Yeah. But yeah, it, it felt like he wanted to be like a. Um, a David Fincher type. I don't know. Like I, I know I bring up Mindhunter a lot, but my uh, David Fincher directed and has like his a big hand in Mindhunter, and that those TV episodes felt more cinematic and like more complex than this this full blown movie. Yeah, like if the movie came together in how it wanted to, I think it it for the most part felt cinematic, but. I guess the writing and the dialogue and stuff like that, I was so, it brought it down so much that it brought it to that television, like that television aspect. It felt like one of those Law & Order episodes, just a little bit higher, you know, a little higher tier of one of those episodes, but not to the full, what it was going for. You can obviously tell it didn't reach that. And yeah, I think, I think that it should have definitely gone through a rewrite and I don't know if it would have been that much better. I just don't think that this movie, this type of movie also is for, was for the director. Cause he was, this is also something that I learned when I looked it up was he was shopping this script around and he wanted Spielberg to direct it first. And then Eastwood was attached to it, which either of those would have been much better than himself. Right. Like this is the director of, you know, the blind side, the founder saving Mr. Banks. Like this just movie just doesn't feel like in his wheelhouse. Yeah. Clearly. It's not. <laughs> yeah. Cuz he did uh Highwaymen too and that was Yeah. I didn't watch I didn't it but it's it. getting similar like like the scores and the the kind of mm-hmm. like praise or like critical response to it is similar whereas like Founder Saving Mr. Banks and The Rookie are like higher in his Mhm score so like that's more yeah, clearly more of his wheelhouse like, more like a mom movie director you know feel good movie director he could write you know there's i think there was one he wrote one with us another movie he's done a lot he's wrote, written a lot more movies than he's directed um one where the kevin cost movie where he's a criminal i don't know how dark it goes with things but he's like a it's like another convict movie i don't uh, know how perfect world it is a perfect world yeah that was he wrote that script finished the script after he finished that movie. Okay. And that's why Clint Eastwood was tied to it. I think. Yeah, he directed that, exactly. Um, I don't know how dark that movie is. I haven't seen that either. But it just, yeah, all all that to say that, like, him as a director, I liked The Founder, and I haven't seen a lot of his other movies that he's directed, but I didn't really care for The Blind Side and just those, you know, feel-good movies that a lot of people like. Mm-hmm. This isn't one of them. And I don't know, yeah, if this... I just don't think he was the right choice to to do it. No, because you look at this. I mean, the names in this, like you could have had a lot of, like you could have done a lot with this cast. Obviously, yeah. You know, yeah. well, and, yeah. 
And I just, they were all <laughs> underwhelming. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because he's written, you know, he has written good stuff. So it's, it just goes to show that, like, in the better hands of, you know, someone else, I think they could have changed this a lot to make it what it should have been. So I think that does about does it for general thoughts. We can get into spoilers because this is a spoiler heavy movie in the not in the fact that there's like a shocking twist or anything but no that they just maybe in the sense that insert something (laughs) in the end that we're like ooh, what happened yeah so we'll say um spoilers for the little things from here on out the main problem i think is that they were going for this i feel like the end was supposed to be this shocking moment of like um you know he like what does it mean to be like you know they're trying to bring up these questions and like have like have these big moments and none of them really land. you don't ever feel that yeah none of them land like um just you know for example like he is the like he's the killer like he's like or like the title right oh my god the title I, what did this have to do with men- anything how many times that could they like mention that well it, it's supposed to be this big thing when he's like in the beginning, it's the little things that, um, it's the little things that get, you know, he's like, it's the little things that matter that will, that will catch him. And then in the end, he's the one that killed, like Rami Malik kills Jared Leto's character with which one was just swing God. of a shovel, which we were that talking about. That was so anticlimactic. <laughs> I'm just like, when, no, yeah. I after. thought there was like more going to come after yeah. him. I was yeah. like, oh, he's just dead. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I so he kills like, his character and then he just spun it, around. He was like so smart that he was able to do all, orchestrate all these things and then dies just by getting a shovel to the face. Like, well, like, we don't know see that. that one coming. We don't know that it was him orchestrating it either. You think true, that he's true, the true, killer. True, true. Yeah. It, the movie's also trying to be ambiguous right, in the fact that right, he right. might not be the killer. I, well, unsolved. I meant he orchestrated other things where, like, he left to the bar. And he's like, "Can I use your phone?" And like, oh, has yeah. a call, and then he's yeah. standing there, like, "Yeah, okay, I got you." So, like, he's doing all these like crazy things, and then well, they yeah. made it out to be like he was super smart too, like the D or the whatever the not the DEA agent, but the, when the, the Fed, mean, whatever. Yeah. And he says he's a highly intelligent, blah blah blah. Yeah, blah, most blah. serial killers are highly right. intelligent, right? The ones that get away with it. Um, Anyway, it's it's tying in the fact that he that Rami Malek killed this guy and Denzel killed someone from his past, which was also I, <laughs> which I didn't was make what? sense at first. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that the coroner, everybody was in on it. Like everybody in the station was in on it to help him cover this yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, they. <laughs> but everyone else hates him. Well, yeah, I mean, if they probably have like, they probably are are have lived with guilt for their whole life because of that, so they probably have a little ill will towards him. Anyway, the point is that they are supposed to tie their past together and the fact that that he's like the little things is what gets you caught because like he did it before. So he's doing the same thing, covering it up for him. And that's supposed to have this big impact. And then the other thing is that it's supposed to be impactful that we don't know if Jared Leto is the killer or not. And he's the one that, you know, he gets killed by Rami Malek <laughs> because he just leads him on to believe that he is the killer. And the yeah, question and is, he also does it makes that comment like. This won't stop or something like for you guys. Did it matter? Like, does it matter if whether or not he was the killer? Well, like, that's what the movie does that trying change to make you anything? think. <laughs> like, does the that movies? do anything to the movie? Um, like whether or not no. he did it or not, it doesn't. I don't care what if he did it or not. Right. Like in the, the, the movie the doesn't movie, make you no. want to. 
I don't. I didn't want to know. That's what I'm saying. Like it. I wasn't interested. I don't care. I'm like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like I just had no. I did not care what the conclusion of it was because I'm just like this is not that interesting. Of I a want story. him to be the killer and getting away with him multiple times. Well, here's the worst thing and is like that you, if you think shit. about it for two seconds, the movie concludes and. If the movie was to keep going for another 30 minutes, we would know if it was him or not because there would be more bodies, right? Right. So That's what I was waiting for. I'm like, wait, life- you don't need to be ambiguous. <laughs> you would just be like, did it stop yeah, or not? Right. Yeah. Did the killing stop or not? Because if they kept going, then it's like, oh, oh it wasn't obviously him. it wasn't him. <laughs> like, we're left to hang on that, but it wouldn't make, like, this is supposed to create a world that you can live yeah. in and, and visualize. And if you visualize that world, you see where it would happen, like... If it was somebody else that right that captured that one girl, they find her body. It's not Rami. Ma- or it's not Jared Leto. Then <laughs> she's out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like that's what I'm saying. Like it didn't feel satisfying because it didn't ever lead up to anything. Like it was just like oh twist. It's like it was so forced. Yeah. But wasn't like I didn't even feel like. It wasn't, wasn't a like, twist. oh, twist. Like, I, it was that's like, what I'm saying. Is like, if, well, I, think I thought the, the movie, hairpin was like the twist part. That it was. He out. bought it though. He bought it. The 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 twist or the ending is saying is Denzel, uh, making Rami Malek feel satisfied, so that way he doesn't live with the same guilt that Denzel mm, did. Right. Because if if he didn't know, it would it would torture him for the rest of his life. Gotcha. So Denzel's trying to tell him that yes, you got but the right he already, guy. Like got replaced, which right? is even worse though. <laughs> so let's okay. So if if Denzel gives him the the barrette and he says that yeah, you got the right guy. You know, you did the right thing by killing him, and then he finds another body, then he would know right yeah. then and there that he didn't get the <laughs> right guy, the and right it guy. would torture him forever. It then would be even him. worse. Exactly. <laughs> then he's like, where did this come from? Then <laughs> yeah. So now he knows that he killed the wrong guy and this cop lied to him yeah he covered up covered for him up, yeah. yeah so dumb <laughs> yeah it was such a dumb ending <laughs> and it after such a long and boring movie oh god yeah run time and this is so that was 27 <laughs> minutes other thing i mean yeah it's just over two hours it's not that long to be honest oh but god, i fell asleep about halfway through when you were saying it was a slow part i was dozing off the, like the whole movie I fell asleep and I had to rewind I think I missed six minutes I had to rewind six minutes and <laughs> and, and I was just like I had to sit up I like propped my eyes open I'm like stay awake <laughs> it is and this was like they toted this I paused to it like to this take a nap edge of your seat thriller from yeah. start to finish it was not like, a, like toting it as like a no. thriller there was like, like no action it was so boring drama mystery and it's like it was bare bones and not exciting no, in no. the least. And it was the most basic the thing. thing. Is, is people are going to watch this and fucking be like, did you watch that movie? It was so good. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know about that, though. I don't know. Yeah, because I think, I think so. here's here's what dude, I think. People general said that about Spencer Confidential. Dude, but general audiences watch this kind of movie and they want there to be some kind of tie up or conclusion. Like if they don't know that he that Jer- whether Jared Leto was the killer or not, or like they don't have that law and order ending. Yeah, I don't think they're going to like it. But it does have like a cliffhanger ending, and people love that. Does it? But not in the you way don't know that if he like. Him or not. Yeah, but it's not in the same. I don't think it's in the same way. Yeah, that but we'll never know, and I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. I'm not like we'll that. never know though, so it's not like ooh. Did you know? It's not the ending of. I'm not prisoners. thinking about afterwards. I'm just like okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the ending of prisoners. It's not like yeah, like that. It's like yeah, thriller, like serial was, killer, or whatever. 
That'd be a good. Well, thing. it's just Little like this kind of story has been done order. so many times. Yeah. It's like at this point, and you said it's a movie that's almost the script is almost thirty years old. It's like yeah, there's it's been showed, so many yeah. things that have happened in that in time, crime thrillers yeah. since then that like this is nothing new. It's so seven came out like it's what, so overdone. Late nineties. Yeah, yeah, I think there's been yeah. so many more. Like so many better thrillers <laughs> since of this, the yes. 90s. If yeah. this came out in 93, maybe. I mean, yeah, it probably might have been great. good. <laughs> yeah, probably would have been much more enjoyable. Get Kevin Costner, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or just directed by somebody else. And, 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 you know, they take his story, the bones of his story, and make something great out of it. But it feels like he took the bones of his story and just made a movie out of the bones. <laughs> and just used the bones. <laughs> so Recycled you're not really left with much. Like, just feels like they're reaching for like all of these questions and none of them land like none of them are making you think or like no it just want to go happen. past that yeah it's just like it, it's washes for the sake over of it you. happening it just it's, happens it just moves the story forward and then yeah. that was it was yeah I'm trying to think of i mean it sounds like we've been like shitting on it and we have but like based on our scores or what i know our scores will be i there's some positive things. Well, like Do you said, have anything acting? Well, like acting, yeah, it was like they are good actors. There wasn't like I bad thought Jared acting. Leto was great. Jared Leto was great because like he was kind of unrecognizable, which is obviously just done by makeup and effects. Yeah, but, but he looked like like he his the way his awesome. like his cadence was even like and how he talked didn't sound like him either. Yeah, and no, he's a very he's, method actor. So. Yeah, he sounded um, a lot like somebody, and I was trying to think of the whole movie who it was, and I couldn't, but. His character sounded like the way a, another character talks in like another movie or TV show or something. Yeah, yeah. Then Denzel was Denzel. Yeah, Denzel was kind of himself. <laughs> Rami Malek, like I said, was was good, not bad, but didn't like stand out. There was like just I nothing, yeah, to. that he did with it. Like yeah. there was nothing really to do with it. Yeah. And then Harry Janeron was just weird seeing him in there, like as the other detective or whatever, the other cop. He's you Sal know or whatever. Yeah, he's like a guy that I don't know. He's he has like such small parts in a lot of things. I think he's probably bigger on TV than. Would you say this actually? Harry Janerone. Who is that? <laughs> you don't know. No. He was in it quite a bit, but he's it, the fourth build. His name's Chris Bauer. I'm just oh. fucking with you. You don't know who Harry Janerone is? No. He's it's. Dunder Mifflin, Syracuse. Oh. He's in one episode of The Office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I was uh, looking for his name. I'm like, I don't see that no, name. No, it's Chris anymore. Bauer, but that's all I know him as. That first guy that they accused was an episode of Criminal Minds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just waiting for any time the score just go, dong, dong. Okay. <laughs> So the score, thank you for bringing that up. There's that's the, literally I have two thing two things in my notes for this whole movie and the score at the end of the movie is so bad. Like I, I thought didn't it mind was it. not that great throughout. I didn't mind it throughout. It didn't stand out as like being it particularly was so repetitive. Good. But the at the end where it's supposed to be like what it's going for again is this like contemplative, meditative thought of like did he do it? Did he not do it? He just killed him. It's kind of like, it's kind of depressing, right? The ending and the score is playing as like this upbeat kind of like happy song. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. This does not match what it's going for at all. It was so I think off. it was stock music from like crime thrillers that they just put in. Dude, it was, 
so just weird hearing it like play over this scene that's supposed to be like I don't know depressing I guess like, I don't know I felt like the score throughout the movie didn't ever really add anything to the scene it was just there because you have to have it there I definitely noticed it which is better than yeah but I noticed it in a if bad I don't way notice, it was yeah, like be like it, yeah, three like little like no it's like ding 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 this guy did a lot of ding ding good ding. like He's been on some movies. Yeah. Like he was a composer for 1917. But it doesn't mean he tried. Skyfall. Skyfall? Yeah, again, I thought throughout the movie it was okay. I thought it was and then fine. at the and end, then, I hated yeah. the song choice at the end. I thought it was just fine, and it never like added anything to it. I mean, it. it's not making like my you know the score bangers playlist, but not terrible. I didn't say it was terrible. I well, said it was not that great you said it stood out as being when it stands out as being bad there's like yeah. scores that stand out as being good no i mean when you don't notice it it's bad and it and didn't then add anything to the scene like anything, it would just be I like guess. playing and it was just this generic it could have been anybody did it yeah what about uh oh what about the guy the kid that does the forensics he's so i know him from something the, like, oh, those guy. scenes. Oh, yeah, he's were in, so, um, like, pointless. He's in freaking, um, he's in workaholics, but anyway, yeah, yeah that kid that those does are so uh, pointless. Well, like, he's saying, like, you know, the, the print and stuff with the, the thumbprint. He's like, oh, it could have been, it could have been this guy. It's only five things away from this guy. And he's like, oh, who was that or whatever. He, it's like me. It's, yeah, it's me. <laughs> he gets all pissed. But anyway, yeah, like, tone, like, there's some things I, I get what he's going for there also, but. The movie just, it never feels like it fits into a certain tone. You know, it's always... It was supposed to show, like, yeah, him breaking down slowly, right? Yeah. And he's going down yeah, the same path yeah, that Denzel like no, Washington's character went down. Yeah, Rami Malek's character, like, never, like, you never feel that transformation. Like No. He, he's supposed to be this poster boy for detectives, right? He was, you know, they call him college boy. And he's supposed to be this A student and, uh, you know, he's the best of the best. He replaced Denzel, who was the best. And now he's having this breakdown or whatever. But, yeah, you never feel that, like, breakdown and transition to the point where he breaks and kills him with the shovel, right? That's supposed to be impactful. But you never feel that transformation getting to that point. It's so just one note. Yeah, that's how everything was. Like, nothing, everything felt forced. Like, nothing just felt like a progression. It was just like, oh, this happened. Which is definitely, like... A performance issue but at the same time we know that he wasn't given that much like if the writing and the direction was there he Rami Malek could have delivered on that because yeah. we know how good he is yeah so it feels like it feels like that's more in the hands of the director who also wrote the movie that he wasn't able to show that breakdown and transformation of his character because we know that he's capable of just doing it definitely yeah that's another Oh man, I might have to change my rating. No, <laughs> I'll keep where it's at, but it could go down. You're gonna rewatch it? No, <laughs> there's no reason to rewatch this movie. No, I'm not. But I'll say light. I'll just have to add light. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I was putting it up against some other things, and I was like, yeah, it's not that bad. But I don't know. Good. I I'm like, yep, this is where it is. <laughs> I guess it's just like I was kind of invested like I was like you said I mean the middle is slow but like with the beginning and the third act there's enough there to like keep you interested that sure the pacing might be a little slow but it didn't feel 
ex- like excruciatingly long. It did feel long, but not yeah. like that bad. And there's you know enough of that mystery and hook and angle where it's like, okay, once it picked up, like when I fell asleep and I rewound it and started watching it again. <laughs> After a certain point, I was like, after a certain point, I was like, uh, I think when they started doing the stakeouts, I was, you know, back into it and I was like, okay, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? So there's enough of those things to keep you watching. It's just the end leaves you so unsatisfied. Yeah. I almost fell asleep too. I paused it and took a nap. (laughs) And then watched it. Yeah. Yeah. So... So I'll take a nap. Five we out of five stars. Yeah. You want to fall asleep. <laughs> if you need a good nap, yeah, all of us took a nap during the Five sun. out of five recommend. <laughs> throw this out. Yeah, you know how like people like to watch TV and they fall asleep? Well, this you is a perfect asleep, one. Guess what I'm watching tonight before bed. <laughs> this Put one will right not give you insomnia. No. <laughs> all right. It sounds like that's pretty much all we have to say unless you want to add anything else. Nope. No, I'm done. Okay. Well, let's uh, assign this a star rating. Give it a two out of five. Ditto. I give it a 2.5. Light 2.5. Got to add the light. <laughs> Got to add it. <laughs> All right. Let's get into what else we've been watching then. I guess I should start because I probably have the most. Light 2.5 is like the same as like a heavy two star and this... Didn't well, feel like a heavy two star to me. Theoretically, yeah. it's it would be. Like, I feel like this is like a light two star for me. Then it's light for you. Yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> it was pretty much right in a two star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll start with the first thing I watched. I watched this right after we recorded last week, so it's been a week. Um, but I watched Sorcerer, so this was also recommended by Travis uh, from Cinephiles Digest. And it is one of his favorite movies, and I will say it is very good. Uh, This is directed by William Friedkin from 1977, and it's basically a remake of uh, Wages of Fear, even though Billy says it is not a remake. Um, I don't think it's a remake, but it's kind of the same story, just reskinned, retold. Wages of Fear. This says on the movie poster. Yeah, but that was the studio, not him. Right, because Wages of Fear was only like thirty years earlier, so they probably wanted some overlap. He but says, you, he, "Aren't you saying that somebody's disagreeing that it's similar?" Yeah, William Friedkin, the director. Oh, what? Is, okay. <laughs> he doesn't. It's not like he has a choice in the marketing. He's not part of the marketing team. He just. He's saying. He said it's not a remake. I'm sure he can. I'm sure he would admit that it's similar, but it's not a remake. Oh, okay. I get like, this is uh, like the the. There is a plot element that is the same as Wages of Fear, but how it is, how that plot is gets there is very different. So anyway, Sorcerer uh, has Roy Scheider in it, a bunch of other people I don't know, uh, directed by William Friedkin. It was very good, pretty stylish, uh, very much. I mean, it felt like William Friedkin for sure. But um, I think rewatching it, if I was to rewatch it, it would go up or maybe stay the same. Um, just because it's hard to understand what is going on at first. Like there's um, there's like four guys that have to come together in this place. Like uh, I think they go to South America or they get to South America because they're all trying to escape the law and then that's how they start this mission. So basically the basic plot is they're, they're 
taking dynamite from one spot 200 miles away to uh, to seal this oil that is spewing out of the ground and causing a fire, right? To save this South American town. Mm-hmm. And any bump along the way could cause the dynamite to blow up. So that's where you get all the tension from. And there's lots of scenes that are, that's great from there on out. So all of the scenes with him driving and travel and taking the dynamite there is amazing. Um, and just what, how it comes together in the end too. Like, you know, some of them die. I'm sure you could assume that, but I had to look up some stuff at the end and just like what it was trying to say. And it's more about like fate, I guess. And like how you can't escape fate. And when you rewatch it or when you visualize it in that context, it becomes a lot better. And so I think I'm going to rewatch it again really soon. And I'll probably give more thoughts at that time. Cause it was a week ago since I watched it and it was my first time watching it. So don't have like a lot of in-depth things to say. I'd like Jacob to watch it too. So we can at least have a conversation about it, but I will uh, say I liked it a lot and I'm going to rewatch it soon. Four and a half for now could go up on a rewatch. It's in my watch list already. There you go. So you already know. Mm-hmm. I think Kyle has it. And I do um, have it. You have it? Yeah, he was, it was here yesterday. Or last week. Well. You might have to rent it, though, because I left it at home and okay. I'm leaving. <laughs> so. You want to go? Or Josh? Either of you? Or you could go and then I can go and then Josh can go? Yeah, well, I only have one. Do you only have one? I know you only have one. Do you only have one? I think so, actually. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I'll try to do a short one after. Or if you go, oh, no, then I go. I have two. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Yep. So go one. Do one. Well, I'll do the more one that I enjoyed first. And that is The Killing of a Sacred Deer. I was inspired to finally watch this movie <laughs> after Kyle talked about dog whatever. Dog tooth. Dog tooth. Last week. And now it's one of my favorite movies, probably. It's Killing of a Sacred Deer. It would be very high. In the top half of my top 100 for sure. And it's another one, if you don't remember, by director Yorgos Lathimos. Lathimos. Lanthimos. Lanthimos. I say Lanthimos. Lanthimos. I don't know. It's foreign. You should know. It's Greek. He is from Athens, which I have been. We could have met. (laughs) And... Yes, I love this movie. So, get that out of the way. Um, what is it about? So, I guess I'll read the synopsis. No, I'm fine. Jacob? Yes. Dr. Stephen Murphy is a renowned cardiovascular surgeon who presides over a spotless household with his wife and two children. Lurking at the margins of his idyllic suburban existence is Martin, a fatherless teen who insinuates himself self into the doctor's life in gradually unsettling ways so it's literally starts off with this like pretty uh gory i guess but not really gory like graphic did you graphic. say it's your favorite opening that's the word it's one of my favorite it opening is a shots opening. yeah because it's ever. like yeah it's intense to look at i guess and it's like a open heart surgery mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's literally a close-up on a heart a beating heart right and then it pans out slowly and it's them working on it. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. 
And you know how Kyle likes his title sequences. I do have a movie also that will talk about the title sequence. <laughs> That's great. And what a so this is the first movie I've seen by this director. And I really feel, you've never seen a Yorgos movie? You've never seen the favorite? Uh uh-uh. uh. No, I haven't. I, I oh. am going to. Okay. Because I'm really interested in that one too now. Hey, you need to watch all of his movies. I feel like you would very interested. I feel like you would connect with one of like one of probably I don't know which one, but at least one of them is what I'm saying. I do feel like this is a movie that you have to be in the kind of mind space Kyle and I are a lot of times because it's so like sterile almost in the delivery. Everything is so intentional the way it is, but like everything is so weird, right? It's like. I didn't know that this was your first Yorgos movie either because like I watched the lobster first and I have a very low rating of the lobster. Yeah. But now that I know Yorgos, that would probably go up quite a bit. And I think that that just your initial rating, I'm not saying that you're not giving it what you're giving it, but I'm saying the reason that you gave it that maybe is like because that was your very first movie, your first time watch, like rewatching this, it will only go up. Watching all of his all, watching all of his or I'm well, saying now. you'll love it more. Yeah. And and watching any of his other movies, you'll know what his style and what he's going for. But I like got it. I don't know because we've been doing this thing for a little bit now that I can feel when a style like this is intentional, and it was yeah completely. It's just so like understated, I guess, and how the l- delivery is, and like this. I don't know. This, it's all deadpan, right? Yeah, like, like and it's funny. <laughs> like it literally is funny at parts. Like the things they do, it's just. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's a style. I love it because it is like this is one. If I see any movie, I'll be like, oh, this must be that director. Like it is a very distinct style. And also it has Greek mythology in it. So, you know, I love that. Big fan of the Greek mythology. Lighthouse. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I don't even know where to go into it like it was beautiful for one like how is shot so interesting yeah there's a lot of interesting shots so many interesting shots it just makes like every scene interesting basically and it's it makes you so uncomfortable like throughout most of the movie in a good way like you don't know what's gonna happen next it's like horrific without being horrific a lot of it right there are things that ramp up in the end, but like just with that deadpan style, it's so weird to have this like the music for one helps really build into that atmosphere of like something's off and it and the score is so good. Also, just everything about this movie was great. So good. I loved it from beginning to end, but I did originally have it at a four and a half. Mm-hmm. And... You got suckered into going up. <laughs> so, no, I was like, I already gave it a four and a half and a like, which is a heavy four and a half. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it was the only reason I even thought of, I like to leave it room to grow, I guess, but also just the fact that the title alone and then the actual Greek mythology that this is based on, which was like, I don't even know if I write it down, like, Iphinia. Iphinia. Yeah, yeah. It's a story about how a daughter, I believe it was, I can't remember now. It's like this commander was having like this bad luck and this battle because he upset a god by killing a sacred deer, 
right? And in order to atone for that, he would have to kill his daughter. And if he killed his daughter, then he then it would break the curse and he would be lucky. I mean, he would be good again at commanding. And he fights it for a long time that or like to kill obviously his daughter because he doesn't want to do that. But eventually he gets to a point where he has to make that choice, like either to kill his daughter or lose the battle, basically. And he decides to kill his daughter. And like it's and just based off that, there's a lot of plot elements that tie in. Yeah, like his own kids. And exactly. And it's like, oh, okay, like. It's very on the nose, even with the name, the killing of a sacred deer. There's no killing of deer right? Yeah. in this movie. It's yeah. literally based on a Greek mythology about killing of a sacred deer. It's funny because like what I told you about like his movies and not ne- wanting explanation, or needing yeah. explanation, like Dogtooth, the lobster, like this is even when you see this and you see how weird this movie is, this is like the most... Uh, this has like the most explanation to it of right. all of his. Well, I guess the favorite's not really that. No, I never mind. Sorry, the favorite is more explainable. But second to the favorite, this is <laughs> like the most accessible like movie that has a set explanation. You know. Yeah, but before I knew that it was based on that myth. Yeah, I thought it was just showing, like, how you be- can become obsessed with work. And like the doctor was so perfect and did everything so right that this was just like symbolizing how he was losing his family because he was so obsessed with his work. And then I'm like, oh, well, I mean, you could still pull that and I can see how you Mm -hmm. could like argue for that as well. But when you get that explanation of (laughs) the myth, it just fits so well with the story. I'm like, okay, like that's probably what he was going for. I mean. Yeah, it's in the title. Yeah, but that doesn't make it any worse because that's awesome. I love Greek mythology anyway. I will say that I do want to watch this again, but it is I don't know if I'm gonna like rewatch it soon. But I definitely <laughs> loved it completely. It. I think I'm gonna. Re- I think I'm gonna rewatch it soon. Cause well, yeah. But when was the last it, time you watched it? It's been a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched it. I know. This I'm week. And like, yeah, it was oh, phenomenal. So <laughs> I'm so excited to watch all the rest of his movies now. Yeah. I hope you like this one the most. Not that you have to or for whatever, but I like this one the most. <laughs> Maybe the favor will be my favorite. I'm just. Kidding. It could be. I could see you liking that one more. It's like a know. period. I already had the period like, piece, yeah. title because I was going to watch that. You were going to, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll go again, and then Josh can go. Um, yeah, the next two, I guess I really don't have that much to say. You want to group them? No. Okay. I'll just, I yeah. You, I, I mean, like I probably have level. more. Yeah, I mean, maybe Blue Jay in the next one. But anyway, I'm trying to go in chronological order. Um, the next film I watched is an oldie. It is a silent film. Probably, I don't know when the last time I watched a silent movie was. Mine was Nosferatu, which I, I talked about. Yeah. Nosferatu, probably. Um, well, I watched The or Passion. Or Quiet Place. <laughs> the Passion of Joan of Arc. Uh, so this is from 1928, directed by Carl Dreyer, a Dutch filmmaker, I think. Anyway, um... So this is a very Dutch or Deutsch. 
Very <laughs> famous uh, movie, silent movie. Copenhagen. So yeah, right. That's Dutch. Right? Danish. Danish. That's it. Yeah, I said Dutch. Danish. Danish. Um. Yeah, very famous film, uh, especially for I guess the the <coughs> lead performance. Um, some people there's like a, there's like a saying that says uh, you don't know silent film until you've seen the Passion of Joan of Arc for like uh, Maria Falconetti's performance. And um, it is very much that. And it, it was super interesting to see because um, this was actually based off of the actual transcripts from the court from Paris. So Paris has all of these transcripts written down from this trial and they took it and made it into the film, obviously. And because it's a silent film or, well, I guess this was also subconscious, not subconsciously, consciously a choice by the director uh, there's a lot of things so like you know how like when you see a silent film you see a shot of somebody mouthing something or saying something and then that's the words on the screen yeah. so this was like they say a lot of things but you don't see you don't you barely see any words most of the words is what they pulled from the transcripts so like it would only show what they were saying if it was like a question and the answer to that question so like do you believe in God and Joan of Arc would say, yes, of course, or whatever. And or like, you know, do you think that God sent you for this? And she would say, yeah, of course he did. So like, those are the words that you're seeing. But there's a lot of small talk and like other conversations happening that you're not seeing the actual words to because they don't know what they were saying. Right. right. And they didn't want to write in that and like hypothesize what, what else, what else they might be saying. They just wanted to have the exact kind of actual things that they know for certain were being said so it was very interesting to see that because you you get a lot more from kind of like the expressions like um like disgust and stuff because she was being tried by the mm, not it wasn't british whoever captured her anyway the people that were holding her captive like you know they were saying these things and you know giving her these looks and stuff like that and just like basically calling her out as saying this isn't possible that you know you were sent by God or whatever if it was this way and you would wear women's clothes you and dress as a man and all this stuff anyway a lot of stuff like that um and yeah how it plays out was super interesting I will say in terms of the performance which I already touched on it was very good but I kind of wish you knew a little bit more about her mental state because you can assume it and maybe this will this would change on a rewatch you can assume where her mind was at the time but it comes off as very one note like she has like the same look on her face like and the same look in her eyes a lot of the time not always but a lot of time and um yeah besides that for the for the time like 1928 right a lot of interesting shots um a lot of soup extreme close-ups right of the face and that's something that like this movie is looked at as kind of a a uh, example of how to do that well like if you want to take a course on extreme close-ups or just like expressions you would watch this would be the film that you watch in film school right so there's that also um let me look at my notes it's kind of uh it does touch on like um some things that are kind of still relevant like just how corrupt like uh 
any justice system can be because mm-hmm. she's in a court, right? And they already think they already want to find her guilty. So they will do anything to find her guilty. And it's kind of this it's fucked up. This like this was set in what I don't even know when the the Hundred Years War was. Do you know? A long time ago. A long time ago. It's like More than kind of the years same ago. thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like kind of the same thing. Like if a court wants to find you guilty, like they can find a way to find you guilty. And there's like a forging of signature in this movie and like all of these things, like why are they even holding a trial? They want to find her guilty, right? Which was like crazy anyway, because she was like this amazing commander, basically, I guess. Yeah, at she was I think she was eighteen or yeah. nineteen at the time. And just won everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this the character herself was is very interesting. Um, or the historical figure, I should say. Uh but the movie just is only the trial and then the what happens after the trial and what happens after the trial the imagery and in the movie too what they show is awesome the ending is amazing like if you're bored in the beginning just keep pushing through until the end because i wasn't i wasn't bored or anything but i'm saying like some people that aren't into film might find it pretty boring because it's a silent movie but right push through until the end because the imagery is amazing and i would recommend it for that alone but yeah, I loved it, and I hope it goes up on a rewatch. I think it's one of those movies that is just so important. And like I said, I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of silent movies, but obviously I, I'm seeking out the best of the best, so this is coming up. Like, if I wanted to watch every silent movie, I'm sure I would watch some bad ones. But yeah, it was really good, and um, I'm giving it room to grow, as Jacob would say. So I'm going with four and a half for now, but I think it could go up on a rewatch. So yeah, the passion of Joan of Arc available on Canopy Canopy and Criterion. I watched it on Criterion. It says Canopy on here. Yeah, on Canopy. It's very short. So watch it. It's only 82 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. Check it out. Yeah. I need to get more of those oldies in there. Goldies. The goldies. All right. My turn. I watched this. 1431, by the way was the year 1431 oh, makes sense <laughs> what else did they have back then if, other than to fight a war for 100 years you know 600 years ago black plague Jeez. <laughs> um so i watched this probably right after i think the night it was short recorded yeah it was shortly after um so i watched uh lady bird from Greg first time oh. watch first, first time watch really nice. so good yeah you didn't rate it kyle you don't have it on here uh, I definitely have it rated on IMDb because I looked. It's on, I, my, it's on my IMDb. I've definitely watched it as well, but yeah. way before <laughs> Letterboxd. I have. I I can tell you, I have it the same as you. Okay, for sure. It's just not um, on Letterboxd. Yeah, so I, I, I haven't seen um, Little Woman yet. Little Woman also. Oh yeah, I still haven't seen which that. is both. There are only two films. Well, yeah. there's a, she has a third film, but I don't know if it's like an actual like inner writing or inner director credits or not but mm. um anyway as my girls Chersha. yeah this uh this movie it's a it's a it's a movie plot it's a thing that's been done thousands and thousands and thousands of times and done really well a lot of times too but this one 
definitely stands out as probably the best. What, that being coming of age. Yeah, the, the coming coming of age, being eighteen. You know, gra- about to graduate and go to college, and you have a a girl that's a misfit. She doesn't really like fit, fit in. in. She's like. Her grades aren't the greatest, so she's not. She's kind of like a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Outcast, outcast, yeah, yeah. Of sorts. Her and her best friend, um, but just the way that it was done was kind of is very like fresh, and like the way you were able to just like completely relate to the characters and to be able to really feel the type of character they were like the acting and the writing for each of these characters was very good and i almost i don't know why but the writing style reminds me a lot of like taika watiti like the comedy is like the comedy isn't slapstick and it's just it's just funny comedy it's like like a, like taika watiti like um jojo rabbit it's not Humphrey the Wolf. It wasn't people. it wasn't a movie like he didn't go out saying like I know everyone's going to laugh at this part. Like there's not a there's not something in the writing that's like oh if people don't laugh, like people are going to laugh at this part. It's just they she's she writes it and it's just funny and they say it and it's just a funny I don't know it's just I chuckled or I laughed a lot in this movie. And I didn't expect it to be as funny. Obviously I didn't know re- really much what to expect other than based off of ratings but you know like that doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot so um but the way that <clears throat> um that the the comedy was written in this movie was i was telling jacob that it reminds me kind of like taika watiti like mm-hmm. the the comedy is not like in your face comedy it's just like little one liners or like responses to something that's just funny and that that the the friend character um especially reminded me of in that kind Why of wasn't she kinda from like, what was she in <clears throat> the friend yeah wasn't uh, she something yeah uh, it's kind of like british humor in the fact that or in the sense that like it's a lot of it isn't like book smart o- beat over your head but that's it it's just that like a lot of the responses and things that they say are really funny humor or just like yeah. how it's deli- or even like the delivery, delivery is like is really, really funny yeah yeah and, and so um it was just really it was a really good movie and you know there's just not a lot that is wrong with this movie and i i legitimately think that it could go up just because every single facet that this movie wants to hit and every box that needs to be checked for this kind of for a for a film to be great whether it be horror or whatever like it checks all those boxes for it like to be a perfect film in the sense of you know what it's what it's doing and what it's trying to do um and like just the the one scene that like really sticks out is the the airplane scene when in the uh airport when her mom's like very resentful towards her and very cold towards her and like you can see her lose it and then she comes back drives around and tries to go in and she's gone in the pl- and like they don't ever get that by yeah. <laughs> and you never really you know then she's off in new york and doing her thing in there and 
I like how they show that she's in there, and I like it's little, it's tiny or not very long scenes, but you get to see her by herself, kind of like learning how to like deal with college and how she fumbles mm-hmm. her way through it, and it's like that's really cool because like a lot of movies that could have ended at the airport scene and it could have just that could have been the end of the movie but that little extra just to kind of show her messing up and she gets gets in thrown in the hospital because she was so wasted well it doesn't show that like that scene is particularly to show that like she thinks she has all the answers when she's in small town you know she thinks that she's so mature she's she's ready to move on and then she gets to the real world on her own and it's like Oh, I'm not, <laughs> you know, I mean, I can relate to that, you know, being yeah. an email high school kid. I thought I was so more pretentious then than I am now because <laughs> it's like I'm better than these people here in Hicktown Concord. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I then I got to like, you know, actual <laughs> out there and then it's just like more and more out there. I'm like, I ain't, I'm not shit, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. I liked uh, I like the um, relationship between her and her parents, like how they were very, you know, the you know, the juxtaposition of both. Yeah. You know, the caring, nurturing father and the stern, cold um, mother that just loved her, obviously, but just rode her very hard to be, to reach a certain point. And you kind of see Lady Bird come to that realization that, sure, she could have done it a different way, but she was just <sighs> looking out for her. Um, and Lady Bird was just honestly looking for her. She wanted her to like love her more and just give her that nurture. But that's just wasn't how she was. And I don't know. The, the family dynamic was really, really good. I also like the the um, two flings that she had. Both were pretty cool. Um, I like T-shout, my boy. Yeah. <laughs> Timothy and uh, Lucas Hedges, who was in uh, the Let Him Let Talk that we just watch too and that angle was really cool how they how they worked like their relationship out and ended up like still having a friendship and like them just being able to turn their love their dating relationship into what it actually is and it's more of like a true like genuine friendship and I don't know just the 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 elements and the dynamics in this movie are extremely good and i'm ex- very excited to watch uh little women now because um i i like greta gerwig a lot just based off of this one movie so and i gave it a four and a half stars potential five star movie i need to rewatch too i think i've only seen it once i've only seen it once and i liked it a lot and it was back it's on Netflix, when it first came so. out yeah. and it's pretty pretty short hour and a half hour mm-hmm. 34 yeah so it was very, very easy, very easy watch. Oh, yeah, it was an easy It was watch. a great yeah. watch, actually. Yeah. It was enjoyable the whole time. Yeah, it's a kind of movie that you can appreciate on that upper level, but also just anybody could like this movie. Yeah, oh, this movie is good for every yeah. single person. Like, anyone can watch this, and I'm sure there's not a... When in theater, there wasn't a dry dry eye in the house when <laughs> that was at airport, uh, the airport scene. But, yeah, it's a great, great movie. Cool. All right, I'll go again, and then Jacob, and then I'll finish off. Um, next movie I watched, I was looking for something that's been on my list for a while, and that was this movie, also pretty short. So it was easy to cross off, and that is Blue Jay, uh, directed by Alexander 
or just Alex on IMDb. Alex Lehman or Lehman. Um, this is written by Mark Duplass, which I am a big fan of, actually. I love him. Creep. Very big fan of his writing credits, especially. Um, I do like him as an actor, but I think the way he writes is very... Um, what's the word I'm looking for when you just connect with it? I don't know. Sympathetic? I don't know. Anyway... Like Paddleton, I loved. Um, Jeff, who lives at home, is amazing. Um, yeah, I love all the stuff that he writes. Anyway, so oh, this creep, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, did wrote and directed <coughs> and acted in Creep too. This is a little story. Uh, literally, only stars uh, Mark Duplass and Sarah Paulson. I mean, there's other like two other people in the movie, but um, just them. That's it. Uh, they, it's two ex lovers, kind of high school sweethearts. And, um, they happen to reunite under just chance circumstances and they spend the day together slash night together, um, kind of mulling over things and just making each other feel, you know, kind of what they used to feel in high school, young again, stuff like that. Um, so it's a very small story, obviously a romance angle, definitely a rom-com, um, but it's shot all in black and white, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And it looked, you know, really pretty good. Um, as far as cinematography goes, uh, Mark Duplass is great. And the other person is Sarah Paulson. So the performances are great. Um, the story itself is really good up until I think the end. So this is a movie that has kind of a twist quote unquote ending, on why did this relationship not work out? Why did they break up in the first place? Right. So have either of you seen this movie? No. Okay. I won't. Spo- I won't spoil it. But I think the idea of just lost love and not working out, especially in high school, right? Like for reasons unknown or just something small or whatever, that not working out and in separating is a better kind of more powerful idea than what they go with. Um, like there is this, it kind of like has to have like an explanation instead of just something where like they might've grown apart or, you know, just ended after it was high school, you know, like it felt more movie ish that this ending was in there and I didn't like it as much. I thought the other idea of just having like this, growing apart or lost love or whatever you want to call it was, was more the powerful. That away. Yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. And instead they have to have this impactful explanation, which kind of is hinted at throughout the movie, but not really. And so I just didn't like how it kind of came in at the end and was like, Oh, this is why. And all of these things. And yeah, just didn't work as much for me, but everything else was great. There's tons of great moments and the writing in particular, there's a moment where she's married, so he's single and she's married, and obviously that you know they're reconnecting on a romantic level, and there's this moment where it's like the writing, yeah, the way that it's written is like you have to care for these two characters because if you didn't like one of them, or like if they do something that's despicable, then you don't like them, then nothing else in the movie is gonna work. So obviously you're expecting something romantic to happen but you have no reason to hate her husband so you're not rooting for them to get together like she is a happily married right so you can't have them just hook up and 
start dating or whatever, then she'll look like the bad guy. You can't have him make a move on her and then, cause then he'll look like the bad guy. So the way that it's written and the way that it plays out is very clever in that sense that you don't dislike either of them. It's like written in a sense that like they can connect on that level, but you don't dislike either of them. So it keeps, you know, you have to be invested in it, right? For this to work, especially a story like this, where there's literally only two people on screen the entire movie, except for the beginning where there's one other person. So yeah, the way that it's written, like again, Mark Duplass, a genius in writing. If you haven't seen Paddleton, watch that too. That's on Netflix. Very good. I don't have much else to say about it. It's a very small story, but I liked it a lot. Didn't love the ending. And because it's kind of a small story, it's missing like that. And not that it has to feel grandiose, but again, it's just small scale. I gave it a four out of five. Jacob, <laughs> on to you. That's all I have to say. Well, the other movie that I watched this week was a movie that's been on my list for a little while now. I got a lot of good reviews and everything when it came out. And so I added it to the list and finally decided to check it off the list. And that is The Death of Stalin by Armando oh, yeah. Inucci. Yes. And I will say I was pretty disappointed in the movie overall. I think it is overrated. It's not a bad movie by this any means. This was very... People were loving this when it came out. Yeah. And... um. I just looked at like the Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. It's 88 like on Metascore. That's yeah. very high. And it's like 98 uh, fresh or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't really get it because I don't know. It almost feels like people haven't watched more of these like really dark comedies because mm-hmm. there's a lot. I mean, we watched some dark, uh, dark comedy, Shaun of the Dead, for example, or, I mean, I got Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Like, there's, like, these ones that are just work so much better. It was funny at parts, but some of the jokes didn't land. I'm like, that's just dark and not funny. Like, that's not something that's funny. And then there's a lot of, like, technical problems. Like, the CG was bad. Like, it looked bad. Again, I don't know what the budget was or whatever, but, you know, we always go back to upgrade. Uh, <laughs> I you watch that again. I saw it twice, yeah, three times. But, yeah, the CG looked pretty bad at parts. It was funny, but then it wasn't always funny. And there was a lot of weird things that I didn't even know if it was meant to be, like, a funny thing. Or, like, literally, it's called The Death of Stalin. Spoiler alert, Stalin dies. <laughs> but when he's dead, it looks like he's breathing still. And I'm like, I can see him breathing. But he was supposed to be dead. I don't know, <laughs> like if that was meant to be like a joke or if it was just. You know, it's funny. It's I always look for that, like when people are supposed to be dead in movies and stuff. I always look like. I always look at their can eyes. You could see yeah, a, can you see if they're. No, you could see oh, a yeah. stomach rising and stuff. Maybe I'm it was like, a joke. I don't know. That's what I was wondering, but. Would it I make it better if it think, was? No. A joke? Nah, really. Because it didn't play into It wasn't that funny, fact. though, and they never like bring it up or anything. And it, I don't know. It just was, it was a thing that happened. Yeah. And I noticed it and I like didn't get it. But it was it was overall pretty funny. It had a lot of actors that, you know, that are Buscemi and stuff were in it. And I was like, that was random. 
But the story was the biggest weakness for me. I just didn't care what was going on. Like it was so weak. It just was kind of, I didn't feel satisfied with the story at all by the end of it. It was almost there like as a set dressing for the comedy. It's like, Oh, this Stalin is a horrific, horrific person who did horrible atrocities while he was alive. Right. Like, isn't he like responsible for a death, like a million people or something like that. And they, that, those parts are kind of funny. It's like, okay, this person, uh, you kill him this way. This person, uh, you do the, like, that's funny. But like the storyline itself, I did not care at all about. And when it ended, I'm just like, okay, it's done. But it wasn't satisfying in any way. So uh, that was the biggest weakness for me. CG and story. It is a small film, though, if I remember. Yeah. Small budget and everything. Yeah, which it definitely feels that way, even though it has some big actors in it. But yeah, Andrew Riceborough, Jeffrey Tambor, like said, Buscemi. Yeah. Yeah. It just I don't get why it got such high ratings, honestly. Like it just does not feel like a movie that deserves the kind of praise it got. It's not a bad movie by any means, but it's barely above average to me. It came out in like 2017 or 16. Yeah. So like I was into movies at that time and I remember putting it on my list and there was just no way for me to watch it. But I had it on my list because I was hearing so much praise about yeah. it. And then the year came and passed and it, you know, moves down in priority for me ever since then. <laughs> Honestly, it's still on my list, but yeah, I, I mean, it's worth a watch. I yeah. enjoyed it overall for what it was, but I just don't, I don't get why it was getting so much praise, honestly. And I'm on the lower end of the average by like quite a bit and I just don't get it. Honestly, it was a fine movie, but it, it was not great at all mm-hmm. in any way. There was nothing that stood out that much. So I gave it a three out of five. Well, cool. All right. I got one more. I just watched this a couple days ago or yeah, whenever. doesn't matter. Um, I rewatched American Psycho. So prepping, I love for, that movie. <laughs> prepping for the top 100. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I've had this and uh, when I'm home, I'm trying to watch my Blu-rays because when I'm away, I can only stream when I'm home, I want to watch something on physical media that I own, whether it's rewatching it for the first time, whatever. Now, this is what we're getting into. Great opening credit sequence, if you remember. I, I can vaguely. I've I seen mean, it like twice, but it's been a, so a year it's since really the last time, time I saw it. It's yeah. classical music, right? Set to an all-white background, and it's um, like you see red droplets and stuff and a knife and stuff, so it's obviously playing to the fact that blood and a serial killer and murder and stuff like that but then it goes into the fact that oh no this is dressing and a chef's preparing these five-star meals and courses and it goes into the fact that you know he's at this they're at this very fancy restaurant and stuff eating lunch they're in uptown new york or downtown new york whatever upstate upstate new york (laughs) no no just downtown new york uh at this upscale restaurant eating this you know fancy meal and stuff and so that that red stuff that you see transitions into like a plate where it's meat and it's just kind of dressing on that, on the plate basically. 
great opening titles. Um, as for the movie, I forgot kind of what happens at the end because there were some notes I was saying. I was like, I was thinking this is getting almost to like a comical point. But then at the end, it's real. you realize that that's what it's supposed to be or that it, it transitions into that because... I don't know if you remember, but a lot of stuff is ambiguous to whether it ever happened or not. I mostly just remember the naked chainsaw scene. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that's one of the scenes that it's like, wow, this is really over the top. And yeah, she's in a stairwell running down <laughs> where there's cover like the stairs that you just ran down are covering your head. How would it how would you be able to drop a chainsaw and have it kill her? All of that stuff is obviously like didn't happen. Right. And then right. especially at the end when he has a gun and. It's so funny. He like shooting at the cop car and the cop car blows up and he looks at the gun. He's like, what the fuck? Like there's just so much stuff that goes into it. And, and then a lot of it goes into like psychologically, like obviously this is commenting on so many things like materialism and just like capitalism and all this stuff. Like what is it doing? Like what does it mean for society to try to fit in? And (laughs) all of these (laughs) These people, right, he gets mistaken as as a lot of different people or one guy in particular, I should say. But everybody that that works with him looks the exact same. And just like it's kind of set in this perfect period of the late 80s where uh, greed and consumerism were at the peak for America. And everybody wanted to kind of fit in and, and you know, be the same. And it, it was kind of saying to not do that. It's taking a stance against that, like if you do this, like you are, you know, this psychopath that like, you're just trying to fit into this so, so much that you'll do anything to fit in. And yeah, it's like the lengths, the lengths to go to that. This is the extremes and yeah, he's a serial killer, but that's just kind of like a, it's almost like a plot device. It's not even like really the main story. Like so many people get hooked on this angle of like it being this killer and, the detective Willem Dafoe following him, which is funny that he plays this detective. This was probably not too much after Boondock Saints where he's a much more eclectic detective, but he's a detective in both of those movies. Mm. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I still love it and I love everything. Like I like the setting, how it's, it's was made in 2000, I believe, but it's set in the late eighties and um, it does very much fit that, you know, that style you can tell. I don't know, just something like holds me back a little bit from loving it, from really, really loving it. Like I still, I do love it. It's a heavy four and a half, but it's not, it's not quite a five star. Maybe it would take a couple more rewatches. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen it and this is probably, you know, the most mature my taste has been since watching it. So maybe a rewatch or two will get it up there for me. But yeah, Brett Easton Ellis's work also just like I would need to do some more research into his work and read more of his things. Maybe if I read the book and some people say this is better than the book, even that, that, uh, that he wrote one of the only times that that's happened. But yeah, I love it. I want to give it another shot down the line. Don't know if it'll be this year, if it'll make the top 100, but we'll see. I definitely want, I saw you watch that. I'm like, wow, I haven't watched that since it's been a long time. Like, I think I college. college. I, yeah. Like early, like, Maybe high school. I think I've seen it twice. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But it's been like 10 years. Since did you last did you guys see the sequel with Mila no, Kunis? No. Oh <laughs> it was a God. sequel. Yeah. 
Mila I would Kunis. never watch I did watch it. I would never. <laughs> I did watch it. Which probably takes all of the all of the subtext out of it and just like oh, yeah. only a serial yep. killer movie. That's exactly what <laughs> it's it does. So stupid. Um it, this movie came out about four four months after Boondock what? Saints. Oh really? Oh like okay. January twenty first. Okay. I knew was Boondock Saints was United like States. late nineties or or two thousand, but I didn't. Technically, sure. was in Germany in like August, but America didn't get it until January twenty first. <laughs> That's Ameri- really funny. Then American Psycho two has a one point four on Letterboxd oh average. Oh my god, dude! That is <laughs> all American girl. All American girl. Yeah, I did watch it though. Yeah, I don't remember anything from it. Morgan Freeman director. Oh, that's not the same one, though. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> Morgan J. Freeman. Um. Okay. Well, I think that uh, that does it for what else we've been watching. Anything else you guys need to say? Nope. No? Cool. Okay. So that brings us to a close. As for next week, I know we said we'd probably do two things. Two weeks, you mean? Uh, two weeks, exactly. Next week is Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, I think we have to. I don't think we have a choice. I think we have to review Palmer. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we just have to do it. We should bring Palmer on as a guest. He's yeah. been wanting to come and he guest. He wants to real bad. We should bring him on. <laughs> um, okay, Palmer probably. Oh, JT. I would say besides that, The Dig is getting some decent reviews. Yeah, I just put that on something. There's a bunch of VOD stuff, but I just don't know what would be best to review. I got a suggestion. Um, Malcolm and Marie, maybe, on Netflix. That would be the uh, Zendaya, John David Washington oh, film. Oh, yeah. That's, that's going to be pretty big. about that, yeah. Yeah. And if you have a suggestion, what is it? It's called Psycho Gorman. Oh, Psycho Gorman. Yeah, I've heard of that. It just came out. Yeah. January 22nd. It's getting some good buzz. I don't know if that's up your alley, oh. but I'll watch it for sure. No. So I love like I got Eddie's. recommended this by Trevor. It's like who Gorman. is yeah. Well, duh. I know for I knew for as soon as I saw it's on this movie, Shutter, I'm like, right? I'm like I don't know. It's on Shutter. It looks like a Power Ranger. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's it's playing into similar. like the 80s, like early 90s. Do you remember that movie Star Kid? Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Cool. Well, we I think we could do two or three. But yeah, those are, I would say, in the running. The Dig. Um, it's not on Shutter. What was the other one? The Dig. What's that movie called? I just was looking at it. I just said it. What was the, it? The Zendaya movie? Uh, Malcolm Marie. The Dig, Malcolm Marie, Psycho Gorman. Uh, one of those. And anyway. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll post for sure what we're doing. We'll talk about it a little bit. But two or three movies next uh, two weeks. Look forward to that. All right. If you want to send us a question or comment. You can email us at sudsandcinemapodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at sudsandcinemapodcast. I am on Letterboxd and Untapped at the KG Project. I'm on both of those as jsal 517 That's J-S-A-L-517. And I'm on both platforms at Josh underscore Saldana. All right. Thanks for listening. Cheers, guys.